Jila Prabhupada ki jai, Ananta Koti Vaishnava Rinda ki jai, Shishi Radha Damodara ki jai, Grantara Shimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Gaur Premanande Hari Bol. All glories to the assembled devotees. All of you who are online, welcome. I am speaking for those of you who are not here at Kitanagri or near Kitanagri. I'm speaking from Kitanagri in Pennsylvania. And today is, uh, what is today? Today is the first day of Kartik Masa. So very special day. Very special month. Ooh, that's very loud. No? Oh. <laughs> and on this special day, we're going to celebrate uh, by reading Srimad Bhagavatam and discussing Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, and we're going to end a bit early today um, because there will be offering of the Dhamma prayers and I presume also offering of Deepas. Yes. <clears throat> and so um, the schedule is slightly adjusted for that purpose. It's um, 7.07 in the morning here in so, a good time of day. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya, Vishnu Pristaya Bhutale, Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamine. Namaste Saraswati Devi, Gauravani Pracharine, Nivishesha Shunyavadi. Paschatyadeshatarine, Pancha Kalpaturum Yascha, Kripa Sindhubya Evacha, Patitanam Bhavani Vyo, Vaishnavibyo Namaha Namaha. Hey Krishna, Aruna Sindhu, Dinavando Jagatpate, Gopesha, Gopika Kanta, Rādhākanta namastute, Kapta kanchana gorangi, Rādhe vrindavanishwari, Rishavānu sute devi, Pranamāmi hari priye, Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhunityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhar, Shri Vasadi, Gauravaktarinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, 
Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasane Maya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasane Maya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarottamam Deving Saraswatin Vyasam Tato Jayamodiraye Nashta Praeshpavadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavat Yuttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati this morning, we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 14, The Forest of Enjoyment, in which Bharata, who had been known as Jara Bharata, Dull Bharata, uh, is enlightening a certain king uh, known as Rahugana. There are several chapters of this discussion. Uh, and uh, Rahugana is, has become a very receptive student to, um, to Bharata. To his surprise, uh, he finds that Bharata is a great greatly, deeply wise person, a um, devotee, and uh, his, his uh, interest, Hare Krishna, his, his, uh, his eagerness to understand ultimate reality, transcendental knowledge has been awakened. And we are benefited by uh, hearing from Bharat, who is uh, speaking not in verse poetry, but uh, in prose in these verses, which are not verses, they're prose. So we're reading verse number four, in which he says, Yata hi anabhatsaram Ushyamanamapi dagdavijam kshetram punar eva avapanatale gulmatrina virudvir gafaram eva bhavati evam eva krihashrama karma kshetram yasmin nahi karmani utsidanti yat ayam Kama Karanda Esha Avasataha. Avasataha. <clears throat> and the word for word, Yata, just as he certainly, Anavatsaram, every year, Vishyamanam being plowed, Api, although Dagdavijam, in which the seeds are not burned, 
Chetram, the field, Una, again, Eva, certainly, Avapanakale, at the time for sowing the seeds, Gulma, by bushes, Prina, by grasses, Virudbi, Virudbi, by the creepers, Gahvaram, like a bower, Bhavati becomes Evam, thus Eva, certainly, Griha Ashramaha, family life, Karma Kshetram, the field of activities, Yasmin, in which na, not he, certainly, Parmani, Utsidanti, fruit of activities, disappear. Yet, therefore, I am this, Ama Karanda, the storehouse of fruit of desire, Eshaha, this, Abhasataha, abode. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Translation, every year the plowman plows over his grain field, completely uprooting all weeds. Nonetheless, the seeds lie there and not being completely burned, again come up with the plants sown in the field. Even after being plowed under, the weeds come up densely. Similarly, the gri- <laughs> similarly, here it comes. Grihasta ashram, family life, is a field of fruitive activity. Unless the desire to enjoy family life is completely burned out, it grows up again and again. Even though camphor may be removed from a pot, the pot nonetheless retains the aroma of camphor. As long as the seeds of desire are not destroyed, fruitive activities are not destroyed. And Srila Prabhupada's purport, which is shorter than his translation, Unless one's desires are completely transferred to the service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the desire for family life continues, even after one has taken sannyasa. Sometimes in our society, Iskan, a person out of sentiment may take sannyasa, but because his desires are not burned completely. He again takes to family life, even at the risk of losing his prestige and disgracing his good name. These strong desires can be burned out completely when one fully engages in the service of the Lord in devotional service. And so ends Prabhupada's purport. Uh, which is um, highlighting an aspect of uh, some ISKCON history, of which many of us may be aware, some, some of the less fortunate history uh, within our society of 
persons who have taken to the sannyas ashram and then uh, later have given it up. Actually, there are traditions, as a footnote, it may be interesting. There are traditions uh, in, the, in Buddhism of where one takes vows, which are not expected to be lifelong. And they have rituals for ending the vows. And it's completely accepted. It's completely legitimate. And it's not shameful. One can take vows for a certain time. Of course, we have this also in our tradition, in a sense, um, with brahmacharya, uh, one takes, in a sense, not a formal vow of brahmacharya, but uh, there's a there's a kind of commitment there, um, which then one may end, and in fact, it's generally expected that one will end the brahmachari practice at some point and take take to family life, um, but. Let's go to the verse and consider the analogy that um, Jada Bharata is giving, that of plowing a field, which is uh, quite relevant for here at Gitanagari, where fields are presumably plowed uh, at certain times of the year. The analogy is uh, the field of... Um, of a farm and the field of the uh, physical bodily existence in the 13th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, the body, sharira, and the word sharira, there are many words for body, but the, the word sharira specifically indicates that which will collapse, that which will be destroyed is identified or is, uh, yeah, identified with Kshetram. Um, Kshetram iti abhiniyate is referred to as, as a field. Uh, here, the comparison, though, is uh, specifically with the uh, situation of the Grihasta ashram, which is identified as karmakshetra. Karmakshetra, the, the field of action, the field of activity. But also, of course, the word karma. Originally, the word karma had the sense of ritual action. You do uh, ritual action with a purpose of getting some result. Uh, specifically, you perform sacrifice. Uh, it takes on a broader sense, and it has it has the general sense of action, but it also has the sense of making, of producing, of um, yes, of of making a result, of constructing. You can say of of making something. So karma kshetra is making, what is it making? It's making karma <laughs> in the sense of uh, that which uh, uh, comes about 
as a result of karma. There's the action and there's the result of the action, also known as karma pala, fruit. So the plowing is an interest, the plowing of the field is an interesting way of thinking about. Um, in this analogy, one might want to compare it to ending the family life, but uh, we want to say then taking the renounced order. But of course, what is the plowing? It's preparing for more growing, for, for more result, um, growing of a field of whatever uh, plants one is growing. Uh, but uh, the, the verse is specifically making, uh, it's not speaking of sannyasa specifically, but it is speaking of uh, renunci- renunciation. Similarly, the grihasta ashram is a field of fruit of activity unless the desire to enjoy family life is completely burned out. It grows up again and again. Even though camphor, now this, even though camphor, Prabhupada in his translation says, may be removed from a pot, the pot nonetheless retains the aroma of camphor. So he's giving an, an additional example and I wondered about this because there's nothing about camphor in the Sanskrit. So where is this coming from? So I did a little research and it's in Sridhar Swami's commentary. Sridhar Swami specifically uses this example to emphasize, to underline. Um, you have camphor in a pot, you take the camphor out, you smell the pot, what does it smell like? Camphor. And uh, I checked Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's uh, commentary also, and he makes the same point, but not with camphor, but with hing. <laughs> Why does he say hing instead of camphor? Maybe uh, it was more common in his time. Uh, and camphor, I don't. He uses him. The point is, of course, the same: that uh, something remains, something remains. And but in this example of uh, of of the the field and so on, it's a bit different from the camphor and the hing example. Why? Because then something grows up again. What grows? Trina. Gulma, Trina, and Virut, uh, creepers and grass and bushes, um, everything other than what is wanted, what is uh, intended to be grown, um, that is being sort of choked um, by what is what is wanted. Um, all right, so we have the analogy, the example, and then we have in Srila Prabhupada's explanation, and he goes to the more immediate concern, if you like, uh, within our society, he specifically mentions ISKCON, and he says sometimes in our society, uh, is, 
And a person out of sentiment may take sannyas. Um, yes, as I mentioned, we've seen that history. Um, some years ago, it was uh, actually 10 years ago, a uh, little more than, yeah, 10 years ago. Um, over the years, devotees had been asking me why you're not taking sannyas. In 1988, already, um, Tamal Krishna Maharaj confronted me. He had a way of confronting devotees. <laughs> and he said, uh, why you haven't taken sannyas? And I didn't say anything. I just kind of didn't know what to say. And then he answered for me. <laughs> He said, actually, that's okay. Uh, he said, Narada Muni was a brahmachari. And the four Kumaras, they're brahmacharis. So it's all right. And he walked away. And I sort of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then uh, about yeah, 10 years ago, I felt the time might be ripe when I should uh, take this step. But I thought, let me consult with uh, my senior uh, seniors, sannyasi, god brothers, and uh, other sannyasis. And it was uh, I was fortunate to the situation came at a kind of retreat uh, in Serbia, in southeast Europe, that um, we were many devotees coming together, including several sannyasis. So I went from one sannyasi to the other, expressing my thoughts that perhaps I would like to um, take this uh, commitment. And I was asking for their opinions and possibly blessings to do so. Uh, and the first uh, devotee, sannyasi, that I approached was His Holiness Jai, Jai Pataka Swami. And uh, he was very kindly encouraging me and giving his blessings. And he told me a little story um, as an illustration, as an emphasis that you may take sannyas, but you still have to be careful. Um, he said there was one devotee, uh, I believe he was a brahmachari, who came to Srila Prabhupada. And he said, Srila Prabhupada, I have, I have no sex desire. And Srila Prabhupada looked at him and he said, really? What's wrong with you? So Jayapataka Swami's point was, desire will be there. And therefore one has to be uh, very cautious. Um, I also approached, I think there were seven sannyasis there at the time. Each one, one after another, I went to, and uh, they were all very supportive. Um, I remember 
Bhakti Vaibhava Swami said, yes, it's certainly time for you to take sannyas, but remember, every day you still have to surrender. So I thought I took that uh, advice to heart or I'm trying to take it to heart. Um, the Grihastha Ashram is referred to here as Harmakshetra. Uh, why might this be? Well, the, the Grihastha, Grihastha, the person standing in the house, literally. Uh, sta means standing, situated. Griha means house. One who is situated in the home um, has many responsibilities. Uh, and these responsibilities are specifically uh, and especially having to do with material energy, managing material energy, maintaining a situation uh, for protection of others, protection for uh, others in the family in particular. Um, this is, of course, a very big responsibility. And I've always admired the Grihastas for taking this responsibility. Um, it involves a lot of work. And I always, for myself, thought, I don't think I can do all that work. <laughs> um, the, the, but the position of the Grihasta being one of responsibility is also one of controlling. And this can go against, it can work, it can be a point of resistance against what the devotee is uh, tempting to develop is a sense of recognizing that I am not the controller, Krishna is the controller. Now at this point, one could say, well, the Grihasta is different from the Grihamedi. And that is certainly the case. Uh, Medha means intelligence and also refer to sacrifice. And a maid he is one who is intelligent, um, has, has power of intelligence. Um, in this context, though, it means one who we could say has turned his or her intelligence, engaging it only for this purpose to maintain, to sustain the family. Um, and because of these responsibilities, there is also the tendency to enclose oneself in a mentality which is narrower uh, than uh, the consciousness which uh, what we're pursuing, Krishna consciousness, really calls for. Um, as Srila Prabhupada explains, we consider first ourselves, the body, then the extensions of the body. And we're thinking of everything in relation to our own body. And this extends outward, possibly as far as uh, our immediate community, possibly further uh, to 
the town, the state, uh, the country. Um, and now, nowadays, people identify in some respects, even with the planet. Um, people are very concerned about uh, the welfare uh, of the planet, or at least they uh, profess to be concerned about the planet. Right, so this enclosing of oneself is what we're trying to overcome in order to open ourselves to Krishna and Krishna consciousness and open ourselves to um, caring not just for self, our immediate self and our extended self, but to actually care for all living beings. Um, and of course, how, how do we do that uh, is to get back to analogies. Yata taror mula nishechanena tripyanti tatskanda bujobasha bujobashaka. As one waters a tree by pouring water on the root rather than on the leaves and so on. Prano paharacha yatendri adam. Tataiva sarvarhanam achuteja. Achuta uh, is our concern, our interest. And um, as uh, breathing, prana, um, it's sometimes translated feeding the stomach, um, uh, upaharam, is, prana is nourished by eating. So we eat through the stomach and benefit the entire body. So that process um, is what we want to do and which um, the tendency of material life, which is to center around ourselves, is always working against. Um, whether we are in this ashram or that ashram is ultimately not the point. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, na hamvipro, na chanarabhatir, na pivaisho, na shudro, na naham varni, na chagrihatir, no vanastoyatirva. First, he gives so many negations. I am not this, I'm not that, I'm not the other, I'm none of the four varnas, and I'm none of the four ashramas. Hindu, however, He's emphasizing the position of servitude. Servant, I am a servant of the servant of the servant. Anudasa, however many times you want to multiply it, is suggested. Uh, of the bar, the bartri, the uh, the can be translated as husband, but as the lord of the gopis. So he identifies himself with the lord, who is the lord of who, the lord of the gopis. And the gopis, what have they done to join Krishna in the rasa dance? They have completely given up 
their household situation with no guarantee, with no expectation that they can return. So they've taken sort of the ultimate risk. And this we may want to say is the point uh, for us to reflect on today is uh, the risk that Krishna consciousness calls us to, to take a risk which is uh, always with a reward. Even if we take the risk only a little bit, even if we only take small steps in our risk-taking, but always in the direction toward Krishna, uh, then whatever ashram we are in uh, will, will be a nourishment of our spiritual life rather than a, a detriment. So, considering time and considering we have a very wonderful live audience with us today, perhaps I'll stop here and see if there are any comments or questions. Yes. Well, it was in the term Brihastas and Yanis in the Prabhupada's. First of all, is it, is it Shastrika or is, is there? This is also why. What, what did he mean by that? Why couldn't he have chanted Varanasa? Mm. Something which is interesting. Um, Sarvatma Prabhu is asking. Um, he's mentioning that Srila Prabhupada used the expression Grihatsa Sanyasa. And uh, it's a double question whether that term is, uh, to which I have to say, I don't know. And why would he use that term? Why not use the term uh, vanaprasta? Well, here I have to guess. I'm guessing he wants to emphasize um, that uh, those who are in the Grihasta ashram, but who are, sometimes you would say, cent per cent engaged in Krishna consciousness. He wants to emphasize that uh, this is a position which is as respectable as, as honorable as that of the formal sannyasi. That's how I would, I would take it. Also, uh, the word sannyasa, which comes a few times in Bhagavad Gita, wow. also sannyasinam, wow. of, of those who, have, who are renounced. Um, the emphasis in the Bhagavad Gita is um, not on sannyas as an ashram, but on in the fifth chapter, Krishna says, karma yoga vishishyate. Karma yoga is superior to sannyasa. Um, I, I, I would, now comes the guessing part, and Prabhupada says, no guessing. Uh, <laughs> Prabhupada had in mind um, several of his Grihasta disciples and their preaching activity. He was quite 
uh, spiritually proud of the fact that it was three Grihasta couples who went uh, first to London and opened a temple in London. Um, he would contrast, he would say, it's not that sannyasis did this, it's Grihastas who accomplished this. So it seems to me that he was emphasizing uh, the value of the Grihasta ashram as a position for preaching. Um, I had for a long time considered as a nice uh, analogy of how we understand the, the Varna and ashram system in relation to um, bhakti and Krishna consciousness as um, in, a, in the construction of a house you or a building, you have a scaffolding and that scaffolding is for the purpose of giving you positioning so you can do the construction. And once the construction work is over, you take down the scaffold. And then I heard or read, I believe I read, and I believe it was Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur who uses that exact analogy. So the, the scaffolding is important when you're building a house or a larger structure. Um, but once it's built, you don't leave the scaffolding up. Uh, there's no more need for it. So um, Bhaktivinoda spoke of Daivi Varnashrama, and uh, it seems this was also his point that it is used for supporting the practice of bhakti. Uh, and where it is not supportive, it's not needed. Or where it's not needed, it's not, the support is not Is that all right? Yes, Rajali Lamadis. Thank you so much. Firstly, thank you so much. You took amazing risks. You came to the water to speak about Omar. <laughs> Great risk to come to Gita Nagri. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Um, I'm also very curious about Hercules, as you referenced from Hesley. And I'm asking this question only because I know how gentle and kind you are in every situation I've seen. Um, you use the word control. You said the husbands, they have this ability for control. And I guess my curiosity is sannyasi, sannyas, in terms of sannyas. Mm -hmm. They are very expanded in their care of others. Mm -hmm. So it would seem to me that that ability for control, and I guess I'm trying to get the connotation. What did you mean? How did you mean that? Ah. Yeah. When you that Mataji is asking about one notation of the term control, which I used with reference to Grihasta Ashram. But you've you've opened up to a very interesting issue, um, which relates I, back, I think, to Srila Prabhupada's um, Purport in which he says, out of sentiment, some have taken the sannyas ashram because within our society, um, 
unfortunately, I would say, there has been the sense that, oh, um, I want to do more controlling <laughs> within the society. How to do that? You have to become a sannyasi. Then you can start really controlling people. Um, yeah, that then becomes a problem. It, it grows to a certain one way of understanding why that is. Um, and this is uh, something that's noted by anthropologists that on the one side, sannyas means social suicide, which means uh, also becoming uh, socially marginalized voluntarily. Then what happens? The, the marginal position becomes the socially central position. This, this may be hard to grasp, but uh, the sannyasis are in our society, maybe less in America than in Europe <laughs> or in India, uh, considered kind of the central core of the society. Well, that's a bigger topic. But um, so then being in that position, uh, there is um, an expectation on one side of control by the person who's in the social center. Uh, there's expectation and there's a lot of room for excess. And that's a reason that the sannyas ashram becomes sort of doub doubly dangerous um, because it should be a position of renunciation, of nyasa sum. Sum means complete and nyasa means placement or position, uh, putting or um, putting aside, completely putting aside shelving. <laughs> it should be that, uh, and yet the way social dynamics works, as you mentioned, one takes on a new sort of responsibility, particularly if one is put in a position of being designated as guru, um, then the sannyasi, having renounced one family, ends up with a bigger family. <laughs> with all of the concerns of all of those who are in this family. And uh, this becomes quite, yeah, it can be a challenge in different ways. Um, yeah, there are different kinds of control, of course. And what uh, sannyas ashram should be about is self-control more than any other sort of control. Um, recognizing Krishna's control as um, the actual control. Recognizing Krishna as the supreme controller and supreme enjoyer. Does that make some sense? Does that get at your concern? I guess the puzzle is yeah. 
Right. So I'm watching the clock. Um, I believe now we're supposed to end. I just want to say uh, this is the beginning of Kartik, and I haven't spoken on this subject, but I understand that tomorrow I should speak again. seems to be some uncertainty here. <laughs> okay. In any case, we, we can discuss. Um, uh, oh. Would be willing to give his schedule goals that you Well, let's see what happens. So we will end there. The RT plates are coming in for, I believe, Gurukuja at this time. And then we'll proceed with Darshan and uh, singing of Dhammadarashtakam. Yes. So stay tuned. Thank you all very much. Shila Prabhupada ki jai. Ananta Gotti Vaishnava ki jai. Nitai Gor Primanande Hari Gor.